Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday, it is May 2nd, it's 2019, and we have five baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. Podcast is presented by FantasyDraft.com. If you haven't checked it out, make sure you head on over there, check them out at FantasyDraft.com. You can sign up to the Roto Grinders links, that way you get three months of Roto Grinders Premium for Fantasy Draft. Plus, if we run any cool promos with them, you get access to those promos. So if you haven't checked out Fantasy Draft, make sure you check them out. Um, joined today by my good buddy, Bobby Fye. Five games, super early on the West Coast. It's early on the East Coast for a slate. Uh, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty good, man. Just getting ready for tomorrow. I'm glad to be back on the show. Um, every time I have a little slump, it's always been a good slump buster for me. And I've been really, done really well the last three times I've been on. So Happy to be back on and uh, ready to, to beat up this little five-game slate. Yes, sir. Ready to beat it up indeed. Um, it's an interesting little slate. Like, There's not a lot of pitching. I would have loved to have some of the pitchers that we had yesterday on, on today's slate just to make it a little bit easier. But these are the types of state slates that I really like. Like, I'm going to do all my content when we get done with the podcast, and I'll be up to like three or four. I'll, I'll take a little nap and then – get up and finish making lineups and stuff. But, you know, I feel like there's an edge when there's not a chalk pitcher or chalk or just a, an awesome opportunity spot for a pitcher. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I think it definitely there is some edge on these kind of slates. I mean, there's edge these days if you just never play any pit, any <laughs> any chalk pitchers anyway. So um, apparently that's what you got to do. But, yeah, this is definitely an interesting uh, interesting tournament slate. Yeah, just don't play a pitcher against Miami and you're fine. All right, um, <laughs> let's break down this slate. We start with Cincinnati at New York taking on the Mets. Tyler Molle against Noah Syndergaard. And I guess, we, uh, you know, I, I said there's not really like a, a strong pitcher, but obviously there's Syndergaard. But let's talk Tyler Molle first. Uh, what's your thoughts on him? So I think that we have to like consider him on the slate. Like there's not that many people. He's ridiculously cheap, so you can – play him like oh so three of his six starts basically we or three of his five starts we'd, we'd have been thrilled with at this price on DraftKings, i think on and fantasy draft i think that he is like an interesting sp2 option i this mets lineup can just be can can go ice cold i mean discofani is obviously a much better pitcher than molly is but like he just i mean he just destroyed this offense i know the numbers uh, might scare people off uh i just think at this price on a really limited slate i'm curious where the ownership will be and i'll look out for that but he's definitely one of the guys i'm considering as an sp2 yeah, completely fair. Um, you know, taking a cheap guy at SP2 is certainly um, worth worth looking at. And like 5,900, at that point, you're just, you know, you're closing your eyes. You're hoping he doesn't get lit too much. Um, and you're hoping you get a, a solid day from him. But I'm not playing a lot of teams on this slate. Uh, I'll just start by saying that. And I don't think I end up on him. But if I was playing multiple teams, I think he'd be a guy – you know, you could certainly look at, you know, it also depends on the lineup. Like 
you know, it's a day game after a night game. We might see some funky lineups and we might get some value from a pitcher out of just looking at the lineups um, in the morning. So, mm-hmm. you know, if Cano, Cano just came back, like if Conforto takes a day off, like Molly's decent against righties. He limits the damage. He doesn't give up a lot of home runs to righties. Um, he gets a lot of ground balls. His biggest issue is lefties. And if the four lefties are in there, obviously it's a downgrade for him. But if like Conforto gets the day off, like that's given a, a nice little bump to him. So, um, on the other side of this game, we get Noah Syndergaard. Uh, we just saw the Grom pitch really, really well. Um, looked really good in that game on Wednesday. Um, what are we doing here with Thor? I think that like it, these Cincinnati hitters, like they can work counts. They can be tough. I know Degrom was great tonight. Um, or last night, whatever, whatever you're listening. Um, but I do think that. He's, I mean, he's right now the guy I have as my SP1. Um, what's the, did, did we get a total on this game yet? I don't see any totals out yet. They usually come out yeah. um, like 12, 30, yeah. 1 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, oh, it is out. It's seven. Uh, and Syndergaard's a 175 favorite. Yeah. I think that he's, I mean, he's the guy who I have as my SP1. Like, for the most part, it just makes the most sense. Uh, obviously, we can talk about pivots in some other games, but he's the guy you're looking for. And on one pitcher sites, he'd be the the guy you'd start your cash games with. And for me, I'd be playing in most of my tournaments anyway. Yeah, I like Syndergaard. Um, I think, you know, when we're just looking at the slate, like, we're just looking for somebody to go out and get us fantasy points like and Syndergaard's gonna do that um so I think Syndergaard is my SP1 as well for cash at least um I think Berrios makes an interesting tournament pivot and we'll talk about that when we get there but I think for cash Syndergaard's the option and you know you just you don't really second guess it you just play him in cash games today Tournaments, yeah. obviously, you can always you can make an argument anytime you want in tournaments to go under or overweight on a pitcher that's going to be really popular. For sure, and I mean, to that point, I think it you know it does make like some sense, especially on small slates. I like to attack guys like Syndergaard, and even if you're using him, just because like there is some stolen base upside. Unfortunately, this is not the ideal lineup that you're gonna get for stolen bases but there is a couple spots that can like i don't think Puig would be the worst play in the world to take a shot against him for the power stolen base upside um really that's the guy i'd be most most interested in maybe winker but uh yeah i think that like that's what i'd be looking to do on a smaller slate like this i don't mind playing one of those guys either with Syndergaard um or in lineups where i'm not using them yeah, and you know, always you can always punt with like a Jose Iglesias or a Peraza, um, and, and just hope to get on base somehow, even if it's a walk, because they obviously will run. Um, is there any other bats from the the Reds that you would even consider here? I mean, everybody is like a fine tournament play because there you you have some power upside. I think like with everyone one through six, really, uh, you know, Barnhart's going to be cheap. Like it's just. I mean, it's just you're just playing them as tournament pivots, but like I think everyone one through six with power upside at these low prices is definitely like a fine tournament play. I know you'll never play Joey Votto, but there's times to do it. Sometimes on these tiny little slates when no one's playing him and he's super cheap, like I'll take a shot and uh, this will be one of those times, I guess. 
Makes one of us. I don't play Joey Votto. <laughs> I think everybody knows that by now. Um, let's talk Mets. I like the lefties here, you know, uh, and obviously, you know, anytime you're looking at the Mets, you can throw in Alonzo, but McNeil, Conforto, Cano, um, Nimmo, Tyler Molly since the start of last season, 421 Woba, 269 ISO, average vo exit velocity over 90, 46.3% hard hit rate with a 41% fly ball rate. Um, I think you can look at the lefties here for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm not in love with it, like as much as other people probably are going to be, but it's mostly like, cause I think other people are probably going to be. Um, and I'm playing some, I'll be playing Somali. Like, I, you know, my first lineup I built, he's my SP2. I'm actually using both pitchers in this game. Um, that's just my first, my first run through, but uh, I, I would play, you know, in order, I would play Nemo, Cano, Conforto, um, in that order. And then I don't mind. I don't love the idea of taking a shot on McNeil, but like at that price, but like, I just, I, I guess I'd be okay with it if I was stacking it, but I don't think I'm going to stack it too much. I might more mini stack it. I'll be honest. I don't know if I'm going to stack it all today. Um, I'm going to build like three teams and I don't know if I'll make any stacks. Like there's parts and pieces that I like the offenses today. And there's not like a, an offense that like, I think this team's going to score 10 runs. Yeah. I hear you. I, I feel that. I, feel, I, I think we've run into that a lot lately, which is weird because we, we've had great pitchers lately and we don't have great pitching today, but I still feel that way. All right. Um, let's move on. The Padres and the Braves, eight and a half total. Um, Matthew Strom against Michael Fulton Devich. Um, I love Fulty, if anybody doesn't know that already. Uh, eight and a half total here. Fulty's a 125 favorite. Uh, what's your thoughts on Matthew Strom? So. I'm definitely not going to play strong. I actually have done really well with him so far, but there's no way I'm playing him. Absolutely 0% chance I think I'm playing him tomorrow. Yeah, one of the best teams in baseball against left-handed pitching since the start of last season has been the Braves. Uh, this lineup just very, very good from top to bottom against lefties. Like even, even like where you usually get like a weakness with like the catcher, like, you know, and all both the catchers that they use, like Flowers, like really good against lefties. Camargo, who they use as like a utility type player, even if Donaldson's not back, like then Camargo and Swanson to be in there, and like both of those guys hit lefties. So I think Strom's a good pitcher. Um, I I do think he has a lot of talent. I've talked about it multiple times on this podcast. I worry about the pitch count and I worry about this lineup. And it's going to be a day game in Atlanta. It's going to be pretty hot, I'm guessing. So. Um, going to be good hitting conditions. So I don't think I'm going to play Strom here. Um, if you're playing a bunch of teams, I don't want to rule out any pitcher if you're playing like multiple entries here, um, like 20 plus. Yeah. Um, Fulton Nevich, you know, made his first start after coming off of the IL. I got to get used to saying that, Bobby. It's so weird. Um, mm -hmm. Six innings in his first start against Colorado, you know, gave up a couple home runs in faulty fashion, uh, but only threw 78 pitches. Are we interested in faulty here? He's the other guy on my list just because who he is versus price and upside and slate and pitching. And even if he's only going to throw 85 pitches or 80 to 85, I still think he's interesting on, on this slate. Like you have some Padre hitters that, definitely can strike out like it i think that he's the other it's those are the three pitchers that are i have the most interest in yeah like my placeholder lineup um had faulty as my sp2 not just because i love him it's more of just 
he has his upside against right-handed hitters. And Greg Garcia doesn't scare me. Eric Hosmer is a good hitter. He just ha it hasn't started the season off fantastic. But a lot of strikeout righties in this lineup. And, like, if I'm going to get six, potentially seven righties in here, like, I I'm in. Let let's do it. Um, you know, even if he gives up a couple runs, like, if he he's, he's likely going to give up a couple runs. He's not going to go out there and throw a complete game shutout. Going to give up a couple runs, but I think we look at like five to eight strikeouts here for him, and that makes up for the couple runs that he gives up. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, I, I totally agree. <laughs> uh, let's talk bats here. Just because I'm playing faulty does not mean like I won't have a couple pieces of San Diego um, on some teams here today. Friend Real Reyes um, has been really, really good against righties this season. Like, I, I talked about it the other day when he had the two home run day. And, like, dude, the dude only has a 10% soft contact rate, you know, in a smaller sample size. But everything this guy is hitting is hard right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the guys obviously was shocked today, going to be owned by some people tomorrow, not as probably as many, which is weird, a small slate, but I love uh, Reyes. He's the guy I have the biggest circle on on this side, and then along, you know, right after him, I would put Machado, but those are the two San Diego bats that I have the most interested in, not really all that interested in anyone else um, on the San Diego side of things. Yeah, who was the second one you said? It kind of cut out. Uh, sorry, uh, Reyes and Machado. Yeah, the, the, those are the two guys that I have interest in. Um Ty France, if he's min salary somewhere still, um, I, I know he was really cheap um, on Fanduel. I don't have Fanduel pricing up in front of me. Thirty six hundred on on DraftKings, and for that, I'll pay the extra three hundred dollars for Machado in that uh, in that uh, like in that aspect. So mm -hmm. uh, Machado and Reyes are the two guys that I had written down from the Padres as well. And then on the Braves side, if I was going to stack a team today, it would probably be Atlanta. Yeah, they're the hundred percent my favorite team, also to stack. Uh, you know, j just because we like some good young pitchers, like doesn't mean that things can't get out of hand. You know what I mean? I like Strom in general too, but this team just obliterates lefties. There's a lot of power here. It's a day game. It's going to be warm and humid. Like I just feel like it's the spot where I could see an offense going the most off. Um, you know, maybe there's one or two other possibilities later on. It's probably going to be fairly fairly high owned, but Acuna is my favorite play on the slate, um, top play overall, followed by Albies on on the Atlanta side. I, I just really like the whole offense. But Swanson Camargo is the guy I'll have. I'll be way overweight on. I don't care where he's hitting in the order, uh, assuming that he's in the lineup. Uh, looked terrible tonight. He looks so much better right-handed than he does left-handed, by the way. Uh, Donaldson, all of these guys. But for me, it starts off with Acuna and Albies. Yeah, you know, obviously if Donaldson's back, you know, you kind of want to find out what's going on there. It was a calf injury. Donaldson uh, is still top five in exit average exit velocity and hard contact this season um, among all hitters in baseball. So Camargo, yeah, I much, much rather have Camargo from the right side than the left side. Um, he, he always looks lost when he's hitting um, left-handed. And, like, when you see that kind of stuff, like, just hit right-handed. Like, you know. I know, it's I know you've How been like getting... the other night though. He did it. He uh, he didn't. Was it last week that he did that? He struck. He had his first at bat. He struck out right-handed, and then he went against a righty, and he then he switched over to lefty, and he hit a home run. Like it was so weird. I'm not. I'm not feeling it this way today. I need to hit it the other way. Like <laughs> <It's> so strange. 
Yeah, it's, it is funny. I remember being in like Little League, and I, I, I used to be able to hit switch, and I always hit leadoff. I was a really like tall, skinny kid that ran really fast. Um, completely different than I am now. Now I'm a fat kid, and like I would, I would try to like bunt a lot left-handed, and if I'd miss the bunt, I'd switch over to righty. Um, all the time. So, <laughs> yeah, childhood past, man. Like, That's pretty funny. <laughs> Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free, while other brokerages charge you up to $10 for every trade. Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Roto-Grinders a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at Fantasy Fix dot robinhood.com that's fantasyfix.robinhood.com colorado at milwaukee we got john gray and freddie peralta eight and a half total peralta is a 124 favorite um what, what's our thoughts here on john gray it's like mildly interesting um <laughs> I'm, I'm having a hard time with it to be honest with you like it's it, gray versus you know, uh, Fultonevich. I actually am curious what the ownership difference would be. Like, this is Brewers team is different without Yelich. Like, I do think that w even just one bat like that does change things in a lineup. But it's still a good lineup in a good ballpark. Um, I, he's all right. Like, I just, I don't know. I'm gonna actually probably let ownership dictate. Like, if 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 he's, if it, I think I still prefer Fultonevich but I do have some interest in him. Like, I don't know. I, I feel stuck on this one a little bit. Yeah. So John Gray, um, always in play when he's on the road, but I don't like him as much today just because he's facing a lot of lefties. Even if Yelich is not back in the lineup, just a lot of lefties, Thames, Moustakas, Grandal, Shaw, Gamble. Now, if Yelich is out and Grandal gets the day off after a day after a night game, then we're talking a little bit different, right? Like then we're talking like three lefties that you have to like be concerned with. And maybe the lineup can dictate how we approach John Gray today. Um, you know, dating back to the start of last season, 357 Woba, 241 ISO against lefties with a 40% hard hit rate compared to his 310, 137 ISO against righties. So obviously he's much better against righties. He has that really good slider that breaks away from righties and he can take advantage of, you know, facing a right-handed hitter, but it's really like John Gray is completely lineup based for me today. Um, and I hate to say that, but if Yelich and Grandall are out, I have a little bit more interest in gray. If Yelich and Grandall, or even one of those guys is in there, um, a little less interest. And I know two guys shouldn't make a difference, but you add two guys with the three and that are already there. Like it just, it makes it a tough spot for John Gray. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, the strikeout percentage is still the same. I, I don't know, man. I'm having a hard time with it. But yeah, I, I, I it wouldn't surprise me if like if he had a good game. But it is a lot. It's it's tough. And 
you know, I like some of these bats also against him too. <laughs> like, I just feel like I'm really stuck on it a little bit. This is like the toughest spot for me is the what to do with Colorado and him. Um, Freddie Peralta coming off the IL. Um, his last start was like the 15th. So he hasn't really been gone that long. But man, he was really struggling before he went to the Just cut out there for a second. I was just saying, like, I, I don't see myself using Freddie Peralta um, today with the potential limit on um, pitches and just how bad he was struggling before he went to the IL. Yeah. Um, I think on Fandle, it's kind of interesting because his price is so low. You can differentiate your lineup. Like, it just kind of makes him an interesting play. But definitely a little bit worried about it if there's no ownership at all and i'm playing a bunch of lineups i'll get I'll take a shot but mostly i just see him as like i take a shot on the fan duel in you know just to differentiate on a small slate um all right let's talk bats here let's start with the rockies what are we looking at for the rockies here i mean it's the it's the usual guys like it's blackman number one i mean they're affordable too like blackman would be my number one uh followed by I guess it'd be Dahl, Murphy, probably Arenado, then Story. Um, maybe put McMahon ahead of there. I don't know. Probably in that order like that. Um, but I think it's it's Blackman is the guy who I'll probably play the most of, followed by Dahl. I don't really know that I'm going to fully stack here, but those are the those are the guys who I'm most interested in. Yeah, Blackman, Dahl. I think you can throw Murphy in there. Um he finally started to look like he was hitting the ball better in that um, Atlanta series. And if you're going to play Murphy and Dahl, you might as well throw Arenado in there, making a nice little three-man. Um, Arenado's in play every day. So I don't hate him. Um, again, I don't think I'm stacking today. So, like, two and three-mans is probably how I'm going to approach this slate for the most part. And um, I don't mind a little three-man at Colorado here. Um, and one of the better hitting environments on this slate as far as ballpark goes, too. Milwaukee yeah, total. bullpen, though, so scary. Yeah, it's a, it's a decent bullpen. And then again, though, if you do a little mini stack or if you even stack against them, you're not going to see at least Hater like usually because you're usually betting on the scoring. But a couple guys, they could still see him. So, yeah, I, um, I'm, I like, like, like I said, I like those bats, but I don't like playing more than probably two of them in a lineup today, tomorrow. And, and again, Peralta, I actually still think is a decent pitcher. I just think he's he was struggling. I think he'll be. I think he's actually going to like he's a better pitcher than. I don't think we should just write him off, you know. Yeah, I don't want to write him off either. I just I want to see him have a game before I start getting like super excited about playing him again. Yeah, I got you. Um, Milwaukee bats. You know, obviously, like we talked about, John Gray potentially struggling with some lefties. Can we target the Brewers lefties here? Absolutely. Like, I think that that's, that's what you do. Again, I'm probably going to play like one to three of them, more likely two of them. Um, and I don't mind because again, he's cheap, like Aguiar, you could throw in along with one of them um, with those guys. I, I think that though, it's, you know, it's, it's two through six, like it's the obvious guys. There's not really anybody else I'm going to step out on, but I think that like, if you're going to wait in order, like I think Shaw because of his price is the best play. And then, I would go uh, – I think Thames will have a little less ownership probably than Moustakas. And then Grandal will be super popular if he plays, um, which don't be surprised if he doesn't. Uh, 
and then Aguiar probably will get lower ownership. So I actually think he's kind of a, he would be like the you know the less owned one of the bunch that I like best. Yep. Um, moving on, Houston at Minnesota. Brad Peacock, Jose Barrios, um, eight total. Peacock, a one thirteen favorite. Uh, pretty much a pick'em game. Um, any interest here in Brad Peacock? So I think that like I think that if you're gonna get different, on, weird on a on a slate like this, like I know Minnesota's been good. I know they're scary. I know um, like the reality is the overall team, the the K percentage is high enough, and there's enough upside for a guy like Peacock. I know he's been a lot different out of the bullpen than we've seen him as a starter. I mean, I've seen this guy strike out six hitters in like literally in like 20 pitches. Um, just, it, I think that there's enough upside where like in five or six innings, he could pitch that and like strike out 10 hitters. And even if he gets some runs, he has enough upside basically to justify taking a shot in tournaments. Yeah, the, you know, obviously it's a five-game slate. We don't have a ton of options. Um, I, I think the upside's certainly there. But again, like, just because the upside's there doesn't mean we're not going to take some bats, and we'll talk about that here in a second. Um, Jose Barrios on the other side of this game. Always a guy that's really interesting when he's facing, like, right-handed heavy teams. I know this is, like, one of those, like, situations. Do you side with the pitcher that has the elite strikeout rate against righties, or do you struggle – or do you side with the Houston bats that – have the elite non-strikeout rate against right-handed pitching. Like, you know, that, I think that's where, like, one of the decisions on this slate is going to lead you to. Yeah, completely. I mean, it's a it's a tricky spot. I think that I'm sort of ignoring Berrios on this slate, but if I find out that the ownership's going to be low for a five-game slate, I'll jump on it. But in general, I'm assuming he's going to have some ownership in that Houston, in like, I just don't want to mess with them as much as possible. <laughs> Yeah, I completely understand. And, like, they're a patient team, too. They walk a lot. And, like, he's a guy that can run that pitch count up really fast. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously that is one of the concerns. But on a five-game slate, uh, if he's going to be lower owned just because who he's facing, I have interest. Like, it's going to be mm -hmm. – Barrios is all going to be ownership-driven for me. Um, I have interest. It, it, but if he's going to be chalky on a, on a slate like this, um then i don't think i can do it but if he's not going to carry a ton of ownership like i'm in like let's do it um I, I i like i like elite strikeout pitchers and you know i think hitters that don't strike out well or a lot are always tough to get out sometimes but barrios has elite stuff like he has really good breaking ball stuff yeah um <laughs> it's a tough lineup you know you look at it it's it's not it's not, it's not a lot of fun like there's like there's not a lot of guys who you, you see any real upside against, like in general. It's just they just you know. Do you know who the highest scoring pitcher on um, Wednesday slate was? Uh, actually, you know what's funny is I actually played Perez um, a little bit just because I wanted to do something really weird in a couple lineups, and that's the only good thing I did. But yeah, I I know it's a, and it's a good point. Um, again, a little different. He's a lefty, but this team actually should be more built at lefties. But yeah, I mean. It's worth taking a shot. The way hey, it's cold out there, it's not. It's not like really cold tomorrow, but it's colder than it is other places. Fifty degrees is cold to me, buddy. Um, I'm a Florida boy. I don't like fifty <laughs> degrees. I'll, I'll pass. Um, Houston bats. What are we doing here with the Astros? So I, I think that you can you can take shots on all of them at probably lower ownership than usual. I'm not like no, nobody's going to jump out like crazy to me. I think Bregman would be the the guy I would most want to play. Um, 
but really everyone else is just you're playing good players at lower ownership than usual. That's really the only argument you have on a small slate. Um, I'm going to let ownership dictate it because nobody really jumps out as being a particularly elite play. I don't mind Brantley, but the, I mean, the prices are high. It's, it's, it's tough. There's other plays I like better on the slate, even on the small slate. Yeah. I'm not going to go out of my way. Like I, I like Bregman every day. Like he, I, he's just been a guy that we've been able to trust now. Um, he doesn't strike out a lot. He, he walks a lot. Um, he puts the ball in play a lot, it, you know, but for me, it's just more of like, if I end up in that price range, then maybe I play a couple of these guys, but I'm not like going to go out of my way. And that's kind of one of the reasons that I like Barrios. Like there's a lot of high ground ball guys when we're looking at a, a team like Houston and, you know, this isn't a fly ball pitcher. I like the tag. I like to target them more against fly ball pitchers than I do ground ball pitchers. Um, Minnesota bats, you know, we talked about Peacock. One thing that we've noticed with Peacock, you know, since the start of last season, even out of the bullpen is he does struggle with lefties. Um, I like the Minnesota lefties here, Kepler, Polanco, Rosario. I don't know if this is a spot that like, I trust Nelson Cruz and like CJ Crone, but I do think those lefties at the top are interesting. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, those are, that, that's, I would, yeah, I'd probably go, uh, Kepler than Rosario just cause of the pricing, but, um, yeah, I I think everybody's fine. I don't mind like really really cheap Marwin Gonzalez as a weird tournament play, um, if you lead saving somewhere. So I don't mind taking a shot there. Batting six, he's been so bad, but like historically, he's not as bad of a hitter as he's actually been. <laughs> um, but that's really like you know I'm not like certainly not trying to look to stack against Houston and Peacock. Yeah, give Jake Cave a start. That'd give us some value. Like that hey, guy yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, like you called him back up, let him play today. Like, come on, get him back in the lineup. Um, oh, that would be nice. <laughs> all right. Uh Tampa at Kansas City, Charlie Morton, Danny Duffy, eight total. Um Morton a 175 favorite. Is Morton kind of the last piece that we could potentially play a pitcher today? I think so, but I don't think I'm gonna end up doing it. Um Although, what is the do they have a total out on this game? Yeah, it's eight. Hmm. And he's What's a the... one seventy five. Uh, the implied total for the Royals is only like three point four. Well, um, the wind blowing in is colder there. Yeah, I think Morton like is actually like probably a little more interesting than I first thought. Um, it's a small slate. I think ownership is going to probably end up dictating a lot of my decisions, but I'm definitely more interested in the Morton Syndergaard Fulty thing than I am on Barrios. Yeah. What I like about Morton is he uses his breaking ball stuff uh, against lefties and righties. And like one thing that we've noticed with Mondesi is like, he got some work to do against breaking balls. Um, <clears throat> the kid, the kid can hit, he can run, but he swings at everything. Um, four, 4.9% walk rate, 28 and a half percent strikeout rate since getting called up last season. Like that just tells you like, <laughs> You know, if he doesn't put the ball in play, he's likely going to strike out. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Morton here. You know, obviously, like when we're just looking at the slate, like I have four pitchers written down. You have you, you, know, you talked about Molly and Peacock, but really it's Syndergaard, Fulte, Barrios and Morton for me. Um, again, I'm not playing a ton of teams, so I can kind of just limit my pitching. But those are the four guys that I'm looking at. And I, I think Morton is like one of my least favorite of the group, but I also could see him kind of flying under the radar a little bit. Nobody's flying under the radar on a five game slate, but I could see him being like in the 10 to 15% range. 
Yeah, I agree. And the thing is, like, these Royals at times can get things going, but, like, the weather's cold, the wind's blowing in as of right now. Like, we'll see. I mean, and they have a high – I mean, this is this team will strike out. Like, this is not like a team that won't strike out. So I actually think it's it's probably a pretty reasonable play. It's not your old Kansas City Royals. Eric Hosmer days. Like, this is a, this is a completely different Royals team. They strike out. Um, Danny Duffy. Uh, By the way, Eric zero. Hosmer strikes out now. That's the funniest part. Like, I don't understand when all of a sudden he became like a high strikeout guy. I'm like, when did that happen? Sorry. He got he got paid. He, he, he yeah, yeah, there you go. Living yeah. it up in San Once Diego. you get paid, you, you don't care anymore. <laughs> so, out there sunbathing. Uh, Danny Duffy came back from the IL, uh, pitched 86 pitches in his first start against the Angels, allowed three earned runs. Um, any interest here in Duffy? Uh, no, but I mean, it's just, it's a small slate. So I consider all the pitchers and then I try, I'm trying to figure out the ownership in the morning. Um, and I sort of treat it differently because, you know, playing tournaments on a small slate, obviously you, you want to do some different things. So if you saw like no ownership at all, I probably would take a look, but I think I'm more on the side of the Tampa Bay hitters. Tampa Bay leads the league in um, strikeouts against left-handed pitching this season. It's like 30%. Um, so it's, it's really, really high. Um, Let's talk bats. Um, one of my favorite, probably my like instant cash game play for me today is Daniel um, Robertson. Robertson. Um, he's 3,300. They've been he's been hitting like third or fourth against lefties this season for the Rays. And just give me a guy on the road hitting third. Like I'm in, Bobby. Um, I'll take my my four or five at bats here at 3,300. He's not anything special, but since the start of last year, 368 Woba, strikeout rate under 20%, and um, 14% walk rate. Yeah, I actually like that a lot. Um, I think that uh, Robertson and then uh, assuming that Low, not Lau. <laughs> Wait, uh, I'm trying to get the uh, – Nathan, whatever, the and the, that one. <laughs> Is that right? That's yeah. the Low one, yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, he would be the other guy I'd have the most interest in, um, another, you know, another guy who I like, who's cheap, um, cheaper. And obviously it's, it's, you know, it's a stronger position, but like, I still, I have a lot of interest here. Uh, I think I believe in Diaz too. Like, I think that this, like, we, we don't really know. He hasn't really ever been able to play every day because he played on a great Indians team and there was nowhere for him to play. Um, I think that that's interesting. I think people haven't realized that Abizel Garcia, I believe, at least as, as of the other day, I think it hit the ball. The ball, he had had the most, the highest percentage of balls of uh, hard contact of any hitter in baseball. Um, Zanino has pop, and we know he can hit lefties and, uh, and you know, batting sixth, if, if, assuming that he does. Like, I think that all these guys are interesting. I don't love that the weather is cold and the wind if the wind's blowing in but i still think all these guys are interesting but especially robertson and low for their price or low but low whatever for his price um but i do think that a, like a full or mini stack here it makes perfect sense i like everybody one through six um you know starting with the guys you mentioned yeah avisal garcia another guy you know you talked about him he he's 4k against the lefty notoriously good against lefties throughout his whole entire career um, so obviously I don't hate him. You know, Fam is another guy we need to mention. He's a guy that I like to play against flyball pitchers. Danny Duffy, a flyball pitcher. Um, he has a massive ground ball rate, but the dude has an average exit velocity of ninety-five point one against lefties since the start of last season. So 
I don't want to stack, like I said, but this is another like two or three man that I'm looking at. Uh, Diaz, Fam, mm-hmm. Robertson, even Garcia. Um, you know, all, all those guys really in play for me. And then, like you mentioned, Nate Lowe, switch hitter, should potentially bat fifth or sixth here. And uh, Mike Zanino, always a, a catcher that's in play here as well. Um, the Kansas City side of things, you know, we typically like to attack Morton with power lefties. <laughs> Do we have a power lefty in the Royals lineup? <laughs> nah, I mean, I, certainly nobody that should qualify as a power lefty. Uh, I think O'Hearn is genuinely a power lefty, so I guess we can call him one. I really do, but I think he is. Yeah, no, I, I he was last year. Like, the guy mashed the ball when he got called up last year. He's just, I don't know. He didn't He didn't eat his Wheaties this offseason. Ugh, that means he's not not taking the juice like everybody else. Yeah, but like he's thirty three hundred. You know, if we're if we're potentially paying up for two starting pitchers, maybe yeah, on the he's play a for, quick play. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I think you can make a strong argument for like if you want to go Syndergaard and Morton or Syndergaard Barrios in cash today. Um, we've we found like a lot of value here in the last couple games. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try and differentiate just whatever that's gonna mean. I mean, it's a sm- that's the thing you gotta remember on these sites when you're playing tournaments. For me, like I'm gonna let ownership do a lot of my work for me because, you know, we really do have. You know, it's a high variance game that w- we have no. I mean, like that's that's really that the thing that I'm gonna bet the most on tomorrow. So like as much as I might like some plays, I'm definitely gonna be willing to jump over on anything, um, just because the ownership. Um, is really the name of the game for me. And you don't have to go too crazy today. Like all the tournaments today, it's an early slate. Um, a lot of the tournaments are smaller than they usually are. So you're not mm-hmm. playing against like, you know, 10,000 people. Like, you know, some of the big tournaments today are a lot smaller than they usually are. So like being contrarian with being smart is very important on, the, on a slate like this. Yeah, I agree with that. Totally. It's time for spring cleaning. Quip's got an easy way to start with your brushing habits. Just two minutes twice a day can help pave the way to a healthier mouth and mind. And now the whole family can get refreshed with Quip. The new kids Quip has the same two-minute timer and guiding pulses as the original version with no childish gimmicks so they can brush just like a grown-up. The sensitive sonic vibrations are an effective clean that's gentle on your sensitive gums people brush too hard and some electric toothbrushes are just too abrasive the built-in two-minute timer pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides and help you to clean your mouth evenly up to 90 percent of us don't brush for a full two minutes or don't clean evenly i love my toothbrush my quip brush because of this reason right here i'm always on the go I'm always at 100 miles an hour um, with family stuff, with work, everything. So these pulses and the two-minute timer definitely helps me make sure that my toothbrush and teeth brushing habits are very (laughs) um, done well. So that's why I love Quip and why over 1 million happy, healthy mouths do too. Quip starts at just $25. And if you you go to getquip.com slash rotogrinders right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash rotogrinders. Bobby, let's play the morning grind game, and then we're going to get out of here to get a couple hours of sleep and uh, get up for the slate. Um, Give me your favorite pitcher under 8K to get six or more strikeouts on this slate. 
faulty. All right, coming on the podcast, taking my guy. <laughs> I don't have a lot of options here. Not a lot of options down there, that's for sure. Um, give me, give me Peacock, I guess. Yeah. I don't feel good about it, but don't I be surprised I have... if you see Molly get you there, though. His two bad games were against the Dodgers and and Cardinals. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, really, really lineup dependent for me on him. Um, over eight K, not to score fifteen fantasy points. Who's your bust up top today? Um, I'm gonna say Barrios. Wait, not to score how much? How many fantasy points? Not to score fifteen. Oh my goodness, fifteen. Oh my goodness. They're all gonna score fifteen, I think. I think. Um wow. I guess Barrios. That's a hot take. I guess Barrios. Ugh. Okay, I'm sticking with it. Barrios. Let it ride. Let it ride. Um, I'm gonna go Matt Strom. I thought it was at over nine over eight K. Oh wow. Oh, okay. I probably would. I probably probably would have gone with Matt Strom also, considering I'm talking about stacking against him. <laughs> but I was trying to go over nine k, and I was like, "Oh my god, I don't know what to do." <laughs> um, over four k, Bobby, four k to hit a home run. Who's your expensive home run today? Um, Ronald Acuna. Took my dude. That's what I was gonna take too. Um, now I gotta I gotta look at it a little bit more. Give me David Dahl. Um, under 4K to get two hits today. Who's your cheap bat to get two hits? The under cheap bat to get two hits. Um, I, I like, there's a lot of guys I have actually on here. Uh, wow, more than I thought. I think that I, what I would say though is, uh, I think I'm going to go with our guy. Uh, no, I don't want to take your guy again. That's the problem. I don't want to literally. Do you take my guy? Two. I have like three or four guys today. I know, but it's weird that okay. So I'll just say O'Hearn. I actually don't know about multiple hits, but I like the power upside. All right, you were gonna say Camargo originally, right? That, I was gonna say Camargo. Well, I'm gonna take Camargo. My other guy was uh, Travis Shaw. Um, give me an offense that you think is gonna score six or more runs today. Atlanta. Yeah. I, again, I don't love stacking on the slate, so I don't really love any team to do this um give me what i guess we would call the late hammer today give me the rays to score six runs on the royals today that's my other one so all right bobby easy one today five gamer nice this slate's interesting man you gotta do some homework on this slate like you can't make lineups like right now and you know be what you want them to be in the morning uh when lineups start coming out it's, oh, it's an interesting slate I know I'm gonna end up being completely off of Molly. I just I'm just tr gonna end up wanting to do it because I want to do something different. Like I just you have to do something different on these small slates to win. And I've been really well with these day slates so far this year. It's the one good thing about my baseball season. Um, and I've just been doing completely off the board stuff. And I'm trying to figure out a way to do that. And maybe uh, maybe Tyler Molly is my answer tomorrow. We'll see. Well, I hope it works out for you. I hope everyone has an awesome Thursday. I'm gonna go. I'm going to a IHL uh, playoff hockey game. That's that's what my Thursday night is included. Um, going to watch Solar Bears in Orlando. 
Hope everyone has an awesome Thursday. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball. Good luck in your contest. We'll see you then.